Welcome to the Hook and Ladder Podcast, College Basketball Edition. After a little bit of a, hi- of a hiatus, we are back, now giving our college basketball picks for Saturday. As always, I'm Justin Santoup, and with me is Colin O'Donnell. Colin, what's going on? How are you? You know, uh, I'm a little tired on this fine Saturday morning, but you know, we're getting through it. It's good to be back. You know, I've, I've missed doing these podcasts, you know, it's, it's, it's an enjoyable time of the time of the week. It is. Usually we do them on like a Thursday night or a Friday night. Today we're up with the, with the coffee uh-huh. on a Saturday morning. It's giving me like Sunday morning uh, game recap. Review. Yeah, recap, recap vibes. But today we're giving picks and we're going to do it as uh, quickly as possible. Get the shit out there. Um, I'm going to come up, come right out off the bat and say college basketball is my, my favorite sport to bet on. Um, I've had a very good season doing it. I enjoy the process of handicapping the games. You know, like I really, more so than than college football, I just enjoy the process of going through the numbers and trying to find edges um, in college basketball. So uh, I'm going to get probably more analytical in these than I than I have in the past. Um, not just worry about what the sharp side or the square side is going to be, uh, but I'm... I'm we're going to dive into the matches. We're going to go through the best games, and um, hopefully we can make some money and make uh, make our listeners some money. Sound good? Yeah. Ready to roll? Let's get it. All right, we're going to start right off in the SEC Big 12 Challenge with what is probably the game of the day. Uh, Alabama is visiting Oklahoma. Uh, let me get an updated line here for you. Alabama currently is a one-point road favorite. They open as a one-and-a-half-point dog. Do you have any opinion on this one, Mr. O? Uh, I, I, let's 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 hear what the expert has to say. To sure. Start it off. Sure, that's fine. Um, so, I caught it last night at one and a half uh, as Alabama's a dog. Um, I don't think Alabama should be an underdog. So, my reasoning for liking Alabama, and I like them pretty much minus one two. That's probably the 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 cut for me. Is um, Oklahoma is trending upwards? I think especially in terms of the bookmakers' opinion. The last couple games, um, they beat Kansas, uh, then they beat Texas. I think we need to slow our roll a little bit on Oklahoma, and Oklahoma is a team I'm high on. I actually placed a future on them to win the the entire thing earlier this week. But So they beat Kansas at home. I'm not sure Kansas is that good. That's one thing. And they beat Texas, and Texas was down two starters. So those are a couple factors. Um, and so the one thing that Alabama does – better than probably anybody in the country, is they shoot the three a lot, and they shoot it well. And Oklahoma's not a very good team defensively when it comes to defending the perimeter. Um, They rank 263rd in the country, which is not good, uh, in three-point percentage defense, giving up 36% um, made threes. That's not very good. And 39% of the shot attempts that they allow are three-point shots. So that kind of plays into the style that Alabama wants to play. I think this is a statement game for Nate Oates. Um, having said that, uh, I think Oklahoma's a good team. It should be a good game. But um, I lean Alabama. I think that they are the better team, and they find a way to win this one. Anything to add? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be, I think, more on the entire SEC Big 12 matchup. Like, this is going to be a very interesting week because you're going to get a very good feel for how these two conferences are playing. I think a lot of times you have these con- conference matchups early in the season, and a lot of teams haven't fully formed and haven't found their stride. And you'll get, like, oh, like, look, this conference is so much better. 
but they start playing in conference, they start figuring some things out, and then they by tournament time, they're way better. This is going to give you a good read on which conference really is going to perform better in March Madness because this is pretty late in the season. Like These teams have had a lot of time to figure themselves out. You said Oklahoma's been figuring themselves out a lot. They're at home in this game, which is definitely a factor. I mean, COVID in Oklahoma. Yeah, there are fans there. Uh, but I, I agree. Alabama's been playing really well, and... To get them as a dog like you did, I think, is a very uh, very, very sharp play. Yeah. I um, The thing is, what's interesting is I didn't expect Alabama to open as a dog. You know, I expected the line to open closer to Oklahoma plus one and a half. And then maybe and people have loved betting Alabama. Yeah. And to move in Alabama's direction and then maybe come back on the buyback on Oklahoma. But the more I looked into it, the more I decided not to second-guess myself. So I'm on Bama, and I would take Bama as a pick 'em, um, even up to minus one. I don't know if I would take it that much higher, but I, I think Bama. So is it one or one and a half? It's right one now. right now. Okay. Uh, so I like Alabama. Um, sticking in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, another really interesting game: Texas Tech minus three and a half on the road at LSU. Um, typically, playing the ranked favorite on the road is a square side, but then you look at this game, and uh, I, I love Texas Tech. Yeah, I do as well. Yeah, I, I think LSU's been completely, like, I don't want to say completely overrated, but I think they've been pretty overrated for most of this year. Like, they have a good record, but really, what, are they, what have they done for you? You see them get absolutely destroyed by Alabama. They got beat pretty handily by... Um, Kentucky right the other day, mm-hmm. and this is just like lose to St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis hasn't played in a while, so I'm not certain how good, but still, like that's like a, that's a tough loss, and it's it's two out of their last three. Like they got the win over Texas A&M, which is good, but Texas A&M, you know, like they're yeah. they're, they're it's, a, it's an all right win. I don't buy I, I don't I don't buy this LSU team at all, and Texas Tech is good. Like it's not like you're playing like Texas Tech is one of the most well-coached teams in the country with Beard and they've got some real good players. I mean Mac McClung everybody knows about him and yeah, like I, like you really think LSU is going to beat this team, especially a Texas Tech team that has lost two in a row and is going to be desperate for a win. You're right. Um, there's a common theme between the teams that have beaten LSU. Right, Kentucky, Alabama, and St. Louis are all top 25 defenses in, in college basketball. So is Texas Tech. The recipe for success against LSU is if you defend like if you defend well, you're going to beat LSU. Um, they don't defend shit. Texas Tech has a pulse on offense. You mentioned Mac McClung, a couple other guys that can put the ball in the basket. Um, Marco Santos Silva from the transfer from VCU, he's had a very nice season. TJ Shannon's really emerged. Um, they've got some other shot makers. Kyler Edwards is a good player, so I, I'm with you, Colin. I think Texas Tech covers. Um, I think they're just a tougher basketball team. You mentioned the coaching edge. It's a huge edge, in my opinion. Beard over Wade. Um, I'm with you. Texas Tech, I like them at minus 3.5. Um, I think that's kind of the limit as to where I would play them. They opened around like 1.5-2. And, um, and I think if you got them early, that's great. Uh, at minus 3.5, I think that's probably the limit. Um but I'm with you. I, I like the Red Raiders a lot in this one. Kansas visiting Tennessee, two and a half point road dogs. 
both teams came into the year top 15 caliber teams. They were both trending up towards the end of 2020, and they've all they both had some really rocky Januaries, um, some bad losses for both sides. What do you think, Kyle? Uh, I haven't been that high on Tennessee. I, I know Kansas, I mean, that's they had three straight losses right before they got the win against TCU on Thursday, and now you're facing a Tennessee team, right? You're going on the road into Knoxville. Like, that's, that's going to be a tough environment to play in. But I, I don't know. I, I don't really trust Tennessee in a game like this. Like I, I get their ten. Like they've been they've been very good for a while now. But I think that when it comes down to it, like you still have self as the coach of Kansas. This is still going to be a team that he's going to have competing. And when you're like they're not going to crumble after this bad stretch. Tennessee, I mean they haven't completely crumbled. They beat Mississippi State by three. That was very close. But this team seems like it's on the fringes. You know, like, they, I could see them collapsing. Yeah, I, Colin, I agree. Um, Tennessee is searching for an identity. They don't really have – I mean, they're great defensively, but on offense, they don't know what the hell they're doing. I mean, Santiago Vescovi's an interesting point guard. He's crafty, but he's not explosive. They try to run their offense through John Fulkerson, who's this rangy, left-handed – post player and he's he's good but he's not like a superstar and it's hard to run your offense through a post player when they're not like a a, a bonafide superstar so Tennessee's still trying to figure themselves out offensively and even though in the long run I think they may have a higher ceiling than Kansas I think Kansas knows what they are um they've got very good guards Oche Baji, Christian Christian Brown um Marcus Garrett these guys know what they are they've been playing they've been in the system for a while you mentioned the Bill Self thing and he He's going to have them ready to play. It just feels like a program spot for Kansas yeah. to go on the road and, and pull an upset. So I, I like Kansas plus the points. Uh, do, do you do you take the money line? No. No? Or you mm-hmm. take you take the two and a half and run? Yeah, so I, I don't take money line unless it's a small favorite, like a one and a half point favorite. Um, that's when I'll lay the extra juice to take the money line. But I have no interest in taking the money line when the spread's two and a half. I've, ha- I've been on the right side, Colin, of, of – Enough two-and-a-half-point dogs that, that have covered that, by two yeah. this year. At least, I can think of at least like three or four in my mind. So, I never, I actually never take the money line for a dog. Um, I, I always like taking the points. Moving right along, sticking in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, another interesting one in uh, the great state of West Virginia, Florida, five-and-a-half-point dogs at West Virginia. Let me make sure that's an updated line because that's what I saw it at last night. Um, Florida five-point dogs. Five-point road dogs at West Virginia. What do you think? It's a lot. That's a, that's a lot of points to be given to a, a good Florida team. Like, th- this team is very talented. Mm-hmm. But I, li- I like West Virginia. I like Huggins. I think this is at home. They're going to be fired up. Florida's coming in and, like, you know Huggins has these guys up for every game, and you got a team like Florida. Like, I don't know if I would lay five. I, I might. I might actually end up laying it because it's just like I, I look at I look at these two teams, and I look at West Virginia is going to get up in your face, and you're going to have to be tough. You're going to have to be very tough when you play West Virginia. And 
I don't think Florida's that tough. They lost to Mississippi State. Like, they're on a three-game winning streak, and they beat Tennessee, right? They killed Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But I told you I'm not insanely high on Tennessee. They beat Georgia, okay. They beat Vanderbilt, all right. Like, you're playing a real team now. West Virginia is a real team, and you're going to find out real quick, especially on the road. Yeah, um, so I wouldn't have a play on this at five. Uh, my numbers make the line like four and a half, five. Um, I think Florida is better than people are giving them credit for. They've started to figure out what they are. Um, they've got great guards, like really good guards. Um, and each brings something a little different. Uh, Appleby's been kind of this this pass-first point guard, and then Trey Mann is, is the scorer, and... And Scotty Lewis is the slasher, and, and Noah Locke is the shooter, and they've all kind of figured themselves out. And I think this version of Florida matches up pretty well with this version of West Virginia, um, which really plays a four-out, one-in style also with Oscar Shibway out of the mix. Um, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think Florida's live outright, um, but I could also see West Virginia running them out of the gym because West Virginia is a tougher, more physical, probably a better defensive team. Uh, for that reason, I'd stay away. I'd lean Florida plus the points just because I think that there's a wide range of outcomes here. But at five, I have no interest in playing either side. I would need like West Virginia minus two or like Florida plus six and a half to, to really want to be be in on it. Um, moving right along, Arkansas is a one and a half point road dog at Oklahoma State. Let me make sure I got the updated line there. Arkansas, two-point road dog at Oklahoma State. Um, so I like Arkansas, and I played Arkansas at two and a half, and I play them at two. I think that they are a better basketball team than Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, it's scary being on a bunch of road teams, but it is what it is. Um, Arkansas just beat Ole Miss pretty handedly this week, and Ole Miss, even though they're not a very good team on paper, they play a very similar style to Oklahoma State. Very athletic, not a great shooting team, um, likes to play these junk zone defenses to try to force turnovers. Very similar style. Uh, so I think Arkansas got a nice little trial run by playing Ole Miss this week. Now they've got a similar situation with Oklahoma State tonight. Um, Cade Cunningham is back, he's, for, he's, he's back. He's back for Oklahoma State. Um, but he may be a little rusty. I don't know if I really buy that, but I, he's a great player. I don't know if he's, you know, like Sharif Cooper makes like a 10 to 12 point difference for Auburn. I don't know if Kate Cunningham makes that significant a difference for Oklahoma State. He's a good player, but like he's not, he doesn't completely change everything about their game. And I think Arkansas is athletic. They rebound. They shoot the three. Oklahoma State wants to force you to shoot threes, and, all, and Arkansas will happily shoot a bunch of threes. And um, they've got good players, good shooters, and I think they need a statement road win, and this is a really good opportunity to do it against an Oklahoma State team. So I have taken Arkansas plus the points. I think that they are incredibly live, and uh, maybe it's just because I'm not sold on the Cowboys yet this year because um, they do play a lot of freshmen, but I, I'm on I, I think also you get good value betting against teams like Oklahoma State with a NBA prospect like Cade Cunningham because a lot of people that don't follow it have heard of Cade and they know he's on Oklahoma State, and they go, ah, Arkansas. Let me look what they've done this year. Okay. Eh, they're all right. Arkansas is normally an 8-9 seed in the tournament. Like, they're, they're normally solid. They haven't been great in a while. And you go, okay, like, on the road, I'll throw some money on Cade. 
and that gives you better value on Arkansas. So I, I would agree. Um, sticking in the SEC Big 12, uh, I don't have anything on the Iowa State-Mississippi State game. Iowa State may be out three or four starters again like they were earlier this week due to COVID, so I have no idea. Um, I think it's a big number, but I absolutely could see uh, Mississippi State just running them out of the gym because Mississippi State's a better basketball team. Um, do you have anything else on that game, Colin? Mississippi State is minus eight? Yes. Oh, damn. Yeah, I mean, Mississippi State's been playing well recently. I mean, they, like, that that's that's tough to handicap with, with that many COVID cases. But I do, I, I, li- I, I like the idea of betting on Mississippi State down the stretch. I think you can get a good value on them, especially how they've been playing as of late. Yeah, they're a good team. They've got a great point guard. Um, and Iverson Molinar, I think um, I think you're right. I think they're a team that is figuring themselves out. Uh, the shittiest game of the day in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, Texas A&M and Kansas State features a couple bottom dwellers. Um, it opened as a pick yesterday. Let me get an updated line. Uh, Texas A&M is currently a one-and-a-half point favorite. So I have played Texas A&M as a pick. I would play them as, as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I think there is a huge gap between Texas A&M and Kansas State. Kansas State has been dealing with all types of COVID issues. They've completely lost track of, of I don't even know. Like They don't even know what they are. They got blown out by Baylor, um, which isn't really a surprise. Everybody yeah. gets blown out by Baylor. They just they don't have good players. They are lost, and Texas A&M with Buzz Williams is a team that is a it's a young team that is still figuring themselves out, and they've shown way more of a pulse recently than Kansas State has. Um, Texas A&M is going to force a ton of turnovers, which is huge. They're 15th in the country in turnover rate um, and turnover rate like defense forcing turnovers, and Kansas State is one of the worst teams in the country handling the ball. They just they have a freshman running the, running the show at point guard. They're just, like I said, they're lost on offense. So I think Texas A&M is going to force a bunch of turnovers. I anticipate Texas A&M has the edge in the paint also on the glass. Um, Texas A&M actually has some pretty good three-point shooters who want to shoot the ball. They're streaky, but they want to shoot the ball, and I think Kansas State will allow plenty of open looks. Um, I see why it's a pick them on paper or one and a half, or small spread on paper because both teams bottom of their conferences, but Texas A&M is just better, much better than Kansas State. So I'm on Texas A&M, and I, I would bet them up to like minus three and a half. I think they are, I think they have an opportunity for a convincing win today, and I think they're just better in all facets. Anything, Colin, or no? I think you've <laughs> covered it on that one. Um, don't need to spend too much more time on Texas A&M, Kansas State, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> TCU plus 10 at Missouri. Um, it's a big number. I don't love laying points with Missouri. They mm. are a very good team. And I actually placed a future on them this week, too, because I think they're, they're a very good defensive team. They're long, athletic. They've got some very good guards in, in Pinson and Smith. Um, big man in the middle. Jeremiah Tillman's a monster. But they want to... They want to grind games out, so it's tough to like lay the points with teams that want to grind games out. And yeah, I mean that's a that's a that's a big issue come tournament time as well with teams that want to grind it out because you keep it you keep it low scoring, mm-hmm. you keep the other team in the games true. And if it's ten points, right? Maybe maybe if you're slowly grinding away the entire game, you win by fifteen, right? Mm-hmm. But say you miss a shot and they bank in a three. Right? Mm-hmm. Six-point swing and you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't have a play on it. Uh, if anything, I'd lean TCU because TCU actually, even though they've been struggling recently, they have some good players. Um, I think Jamie Dixon's a very good coach, and it wouldn't surprise me if they hung in there. Uh, let me see what time this game is because this this may be a late late day ad. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you, you've it's got an insane... Uh... It's at 2 o'clock. Um, so it may be an early afternoon ad. Yeah, prob- probably not. Um, I just think that there, there are a lot of ways this can go. I lean TCU, but I don't have a play. Auburn is a 15-point road dog at Baylor. This is a big spread, but this is one of the marquee games of the day. Auburn has been playing great. They got Sharif Cooper eligible. He is their do-everything starting point guard, freshman, averaging like 20 points and 10 assists a game. But now he's got to go against Baylor, which is in a class uh, of its own with, with Gonzaga. They have great defensive guards that I think can make life really difficult for Sharif Cooper. But 14 and a half, man, that's a lot of points. What do you think? Um, I, this I actually want to I want to get your take on Baylor as a uh, you know I have been a known Baylor hater for a long time now right yeah. mm-hmm. ever since they fucking lose all the goddamn time in the tournament you know I've built a uh, kind of a, a thought that Baylor just doesn't have what it takes you know and these past two years they've been incredibly good we didn't get to see them in the tournament last year obviously. But now this year, you look at Ken Palm, them and Gonzaga are lapping the entire field. Mm-hmm. So I, can you break down for me what changed with Baylor? Like, how has this team gone from good team that struggles in the tournament and struggles against good teams to now far and away one of the best two teams in the country? So, yeah, it's a very simple explanation. Um, basically, Scott Drew joined the 21st century. Instead of playing basketball, revolving around your big men, like they had in the past, yeah. Rico Gathers, Torian Prince, and there, there are plenty of others, right? They have learned... Royce O'Neal. Yeah. Uh, was he at Baylor or was he at Iowa? Royce O'Neal? Royce yes. O'Neal was yes, at Baylor. Was. Yes, he was. <laughs> I get him and Royce... Um... George Niang? Yeah, George Niang confused. George Niang was Iowa State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the two of them confused. Um... And Royce White, too. I think he was also an Iowa State guy. Um, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, so they've played, around, they, they, they've played around their bigs, and then they joined the 21st century, and now what they have is a f- they have two freak-of-nature athletes that are bigs, great defensive players, great rebounders, high-flying dunkers, and then they have the best guards in the country, like bar none, not even close. They Jared Butler is probably the best shot-maker in the country. Um, Davion Mitchell's an absolute bullet with the ball. Adam Flagler's a shot maker as a transfer. Macy Oteague is a terrific offensive player. Like This is a team that just has fantastic guards offensively, and they play great defense. So they join the 21st century. They, they, they rely on their guards, and their bigs are really rebound, dunk, and defend guys, and their guards are the scorers. And because of that, I think that has raised their ceiling, and that's why they've got one of the best offenses in the country. They, they lead the country in three-point shooting. Like That's, a, that's, that's not a baller. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, but it is now. That's the yeah. thing. So here, here's one stat I'm looking at when a, that's kind of jumped out the screen at me is Auburn's offense has 22.3% turnovers, mm-hmm. number 308 in the country, and Baylor's defense is second mm-hmm. in the country in takeaways. That's got to be a big issue for Auburn in this game, right? They're going to they're gonna continuously – like you, you can't be losing possessions to an offense like Baylor's and they're def- like a suffocating defense too. Like you've got to you've got to take care of the ball if you can want to be in this game. Like that's got to be a big issue for them going into this game. I agree. Um, 
and if they'll, I think I think I would want like minus nine and a half to comfortably play Baylor. Um, you know what I mean? Well, because I, I think when you get up into the double digits in basketball betting, you run a lot of risk, right? Because mm-hmm. in in football, it's a little bit different because especially in college football, like NFL, they throw in the backups and yeah. the the backdoor covers happen all the time. In college, the backups are five stars and they're still better than the other team starters. So it doesn't really matter when you get up there. Like they're still going to be blowing them out. But when you get to like a 15-point lead and you start to you, you feel comfortable, you start to call off the dogs in basketball cuz like really they're not going to come back. And the other team just has to make a couple threes and lose by eight, and you're and you're screwed. And the game was never in doubt, so they're never going to put the starters back in. They're not going to be fouling or anything, but it it t- makes it very hard to take really big spreads, and especially against a team like Auburn that is actually good. You know, like they they, they they're going to show some fight today, right? Oh, absolutely. Especially on the on the on the boards, the offensive rebounding percentage. Yeah, yeah, you, that, that's a clear advantage for Auburn. They're going to. They've got to try and own the, own the glass on because Baylor's going to own the glass on Auburn's defense, so they're going to have to get it back on yeah. the other end. Yeah, um, you're 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 absolutely right, Colin. And I, it's a big number. I actually like Baylor. Um, I'm not playing it yet. Um, I like Baylor. I think they are so much better than Auburn, though. I think they're just a, a wagon that I wouldn't want to get in front of. But it should be an interesting game. And Auburn shoots the three like a ton. They don't shoot them great, but they like to shoot them, so that always key. That if they're hot from the outside, they absolutely could stay in this game. That is it for the SEC Big 12 Challenge. We're going to jump around through a couple other conferences before we get to some of the straight SEC games because there are 14 SEC teams and 10 Big 12 teams, so obviously we can't match up all SEC to Big 12. Uh, let's go to the Big East, where Villanova is a 5.5-point road favorite at Seton Hall. Um, Colin... Do you have any opinion on, on Villanova laying five and a half at the hall? I think it's pretty big. I I, I, I mean, Kevin Williard has had Seton Hall as a, as a really solid team for these past couple of years, and they've just been – they're big. You know, they, they, they beat you up on the glass, and they play good defense. They, they're never really a great three-point shooting team, but they're – they're going to go hard at you, and it's kind of like whenever Seton Hall and Villanova play, it's like a mismatch of styles. You see big Seton Hall guys trying to bully their way against Vanilla Nova, and you, and you see Colin Gillespie pulling up from three, and you're like, is this Brunick out here? Like, like what's going on? You know? And those kind of, like, those type of games kind of lend themselves to be dogfights and close, provided... Seton Hall can drag them into the mud. And, like, they just lost by two to Villanova on the road. They've lost three out of four. They're coming back home. They're going to be desperate. They need – they're nine and seven. Like, they, they, need, they need big wins if they're going to make the tournament. This is one of those they can get. I think they're live. I completely agree. I'm on Seton Hall. Um, I played it to plus six. I played it down to, like, three and a half. I think they're super live. Um – they're in, they've been in a bit of a tough stretch, right? They lost at Villanova in a game that they should have won. Um, they had a chance to win it at the buzzer and were unable to do so. They actually had two chances. Um, 
They just blew a 16-point lead to Creighton, a 16-point second-half lead to Creighton earlier this week. And yeah, ended, I was watching uh, that. And ended up losing that game. So I think they're hungry. I think they need a win. And this isn't the Villanova team of old in the sense that Villanova's always good on offense, but they're usually really good defensively too. This is not a very good defensive Villanova team. I think Seton Hall will have their way inside. I think they'll have success on the glass. And I think the best player on the floor is Sandro Mamukelashvili, and I don't know how Villanova matches up with him. Uh, his usage rate is incredibly high. He sets up his teammates, and Kevin Willard is a hell of a coach. As much as a, as a Rutgers fan, I hate to say it, he is a fantastic coach. Um, Villanova's ripe for the picking. They've won, I think, nine or ten straight. I think that Seton Hall has a really good chance to go, go win this game outright, and uh, I love them plus the points at home. Moving right along, sticking in the Big East, Providence, small favorite on the road at Georgetown. Um, let me get the right number here. I think it was three and a half. Uh, three and a half, four. Anything, Colin, from you? Providence laying the, laying the small number on the road? Where is this game? Uh, so Georgetown hasn't So Georgetown's, played Georgetown's off a of COVID pause, so... Teams off of a COVID pause have not been good, right? 46 and 62 ATS. Jesus. And, I mean, I know this is like 8-10, but we saw St. Louis mm-hmm. lose to Dayton the other day. Like, that is – You saw what Rutgers did to Michigan State? Yeah. It, I was more proud of Rutgers just being a fantastic basketball Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. So, yeah, and this also seems like right now is the time of the season – Bingo. When Ed Cooley Bingo, goes, motherfucker. Let, let's let's fucking make the bubble, boys. Like Bingo. we're we're fourteen and eleven. Let's start winning some games. Bingo, Colin. And and what? Where better to win than Georgetown? Like I, Georgetown's all right. You know they're not gonna they're not gonna fight you that bad. And, they don't guard. Yeah, and you're coming off a COVID pause. Yeah, I like I like Providence. Yeah, um, I said the same exact thing that you what you just said. I said that two weeks ago when Providence went on the road, they were ten point dogs at Creighton and ended up winning outright. And I texted my buddy Matt. I was like. It's the time of the season where Ed Cooley figures his shit out and gets Providence onto the bubble. They got their big win. I think they're playing really good basketball. They're going to have the two best players on the floor. Villanova, Villanova, excuse me, Georgetown doesn't guard. Um, they turn the ball over a ton. I think this is a game where Providence is just going to be the more athletic, better, better coach team. And I think that they can lay, I think they cover a small spread on the road. Georgetown coming off a of COVID pause just heightens my, my appetite for the Friars. Um, they were actually my first click yesterday, Colin. Providence was. They were my first click. All right, next up, Creighton um, laying nine and a half at DePaul. Uh, DePaul just got beaten pretty easily at home against St. John's. Creighton off of a come-from-behind win against Seton Hall. Um, I look at this game, and I think that – so I don't have a play on it um, because Creighton is so reliant on the three-point shot. But – Creighton should get plenty of good looks against DePaul. And if if they are making their shots, they're going to blow them out. That's what I think. Um, but I don't know if it's something I necessarily want to invest in. I mean, DePaul doesn't even doesn't shoot the three. <laughs> two, they don't shoot free throws. All they do is block the ball. That's like their only good part of the DePaul offense. So, I mean, what's the deal with DePaul, right? They had that 12-0 start last year. Dave uh, Liotto? Leto? Leto. Leto. Yeah, I mean, are they going to, they ever going to make the next step? No, they're just going to constantly be. 
they actually have a pretty good recruiting class coming in next year. Um, it's weird. So they their three guards are all transfers and all like were, were superstars where they were. Um, I don't know, man. They're they're kind of broken. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was rooting for them last year when they had that little run, you know, because DePaul's been bottom feeder forever. You know, um, Maddie, you you meet Maddie from uh, one of my friends from Richmond. Mm-hmm, I think so. Yeah, like big big dude. Yeah. Yeah, his dad played for DePaul when they went to the Final Four. Long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he was a he was a fan favorite because he was like a end of bench guy <laughs> that they throw in at the end and they all be ch- they all be chanting his name. That's fire. That's funny. Uh, too bad DePaul hasn't. Um, no, they States. haven't. They haven't been good. Apparently he gets he gets recognized every once in a while, like driving around Chicago. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. They are they're Chicago's Big East team. Um, it's a tough matchup for them, though. Like, I... Yeah, they're just lucky Notre Dame's not in the uh, Big East anymore. <laughs> DePaul? Yeah. This would be Chicago's Big East, too. Um, I don't I don't know how DePaul really keeps this close unless Creighton's cold from the outside. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of my feeling on it. <laughs> just look, look, look at their... Look at DePaul's stats. Yeah. No, I, I'm with They're you. disgusting. They, they turn the ball over a lot. They don't really make shots. Hey, their offense is all garbage. Their defense is... All right. Uh, I don't even think their defense is, is all right. I think it's it's weighted by having played some, some bad teams. Bad teams. Um, like, and I guess they beat Marquette, um, but that was really a cold. That was more a product of Marquette, just like I don't know, just completely no showing. Um, I don't really have much interest in this one. Into the ACC, uh, Virginia and Virginia Tech, a very interesting in-state rivalry game. The spread is Virginia minus five. Opinion, Kyle? Virginia's interesting, right? Because they started the season losing to San Francisco, which I thought was really cool. I think we've talked about this before. I always like rooting for the random whack teams, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like a three-man conference and then the Smurfs. Mm-hmm. And when the Smurfs beat somebody, it's kind of cool. I know San Francisco's been kind of like – a program on the rise recently. Yep, they're well coached. And then they get blown out by Gonzaga. They beat Kent State in overtime. And you just see, like, the Virginia fans, like, gave up on the season with two losses, right, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You're, you still have Tony Bennett as your head coach. You're still the Virginia Cavaliers. And now this defense has started to get going. Their offense is making shots, and they've rattled off. What is that, seven in a row? Uh, I guess, eight, nine. It's been a bunch. Seven, yeah, seven. seven. Yeah, they, this, like, they're hot. They, they are hot right now, and it, it, it's like, I, I don't understand Virginia as a team that you can write off early in the season. Like, they, they're going to figure it out. They've got it. Like, when you have a, when, you, when you've kind of got an ingrained I, what's what's the word for like identity? Yeah, identity. Like Virginia has, you're gonna find your way back to it eventually, and they found their way back, and now they're playing a Virginia Tech team. Like they haven't looked the same recently, and they they had they had a injury right or something. So Tyrese Radford, who's one of their best players, uh, a slasher guard, he's been suspended. So he was. I don't know if he was their leading scorer. I think he was their second leading scorer. Significant. Um, 
then they have a backup big who's out also, Cordell Pemsel. Uh, other than that, Virginia Tech is, is at full health. Um, Virginia's been playing great, great basketball. You look confused. What's going on? What are you looking? <laughs> what are you looking for? <laughs> There's no such thing as a dumb question. Ask away. <laughs> That's a pretty dumb question. Ask away. <laughs> when the hell did Mike Young become the t- head coach of Virginia ago. Tech? Two years ago. Uh, Buzz Williams went to Texas A&M and they hired Mike Young. Ah, yes, he did go to Texas A&M. I was thinking it was Buzz Williams. No, this entire time. Yeah, that would have been a dumb question. Yeah, it was a dumb question. That's why I, was, I looked at. I, I see Mike Young pop up. I was like, what the fuck? He had a real monkey face looking at your laptop. <laughs> um, so Virginia's really good this year because they have their ingrained defensive identity, but they also have some absolutely fantastic shot makers. Um, uh, Keely. So Sam Hauser's one of them. Kihei Clark. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he, he's really more the point guard yeah, that runs yeah, the I show. Mean, he's a tiny point guard. He's like Gilliard kind of. Yeah, he is. Um, he's, I think, a little less dynamic, but he's a great passer. Uh, the two guys that have really changed the game for them are Sam Hauser and Trey Murphy. Um, these are long wings that shoot the three incredibly well. They have changed the game for them because they their, their length is an asset defensively and their shot making makes them just incredibly dangerous offensively. Both transfers. Uh, Trey Murphy from Rice, Sam Hauser from Marquette. Um, so obviously Virginia's playing great. But I am on the Hokies. Um, I think the one way to beat Virginia is to make shots from the outside. And Virginia Tech, even now without Tyrese Radford, uh, who is a great player, but he's not a shot maker, they are going to have three excellent three-point shooters on the floor at all times. Um, and I think that they're athletic enough inside uh, with Justin Mutz and, and, um, and Kevi Aluma. I think that there's enough size and ability up front to keep Virginia honest. And they've got enough shot makers um, where I think that they can make enough to keep this thing close. And five is a big number, and I think Virginia Tech is – they're no slouch. Um, at home. And, and they, they're at home. They play good defense. Uh, and they shoot the three well. And they shoot it a lot. And I think that they're going to get decent looks. And I don't think I don't think they're intimidated playing against Virginia. Well, no, they're definitely not. So, Citizen State rival, they've been playing well against them recently. Yeah. I'm not going to be honest with you. I, I, I don't want to run against Virginia right now. I think they're playing really good basketball. I also think, like, yes, you got to beat them from the outside. But you also kind of you you've got to beat them up when you're going to play Virginia, and I don't know if Virginia Tech is going to be able to beat up Virginia, especially when Virginia is going to be up and ready for this game, and they're going to come out they're going to come out hot. But yeah, I mean I I'm not going to be on Virginia either. This is going to watch this on the ACC network and uh, and enjoy uh, you know a cold beverage. Enjoy yourself. Um, so here are a couple things also to, to keep in mind, and this was something I looked at. Uh, obviously different coaches uh, at Virginia Tech, Buzz Williams and Mike Young. But So Virginia has played at Virginia Tech, obviously a bunch the last couple years, both in the ACC. Um, last year, Virginia won by three. The year before that, Virginia won by six. The year before that, um, Virginia blew out Virginia Tech on the road, but then the year before that, two-point loss on the road. Um, the year before that, another two-point loss on the road. The year before that, three-point win on the road, four-point win on the road. Basically, what I'm saying is, when Virginia plays at Virginia Tech, the games tend to be very yeah. close. No, I and five is five is a lot. Yeah, and I I think if you can get if you can get six and a half, that is such a trigger number. I don't know if it'll go there, but I think there's a chance that the public 
likes Virginia enough and likes what they've seen out of Virginia enough. Um, but I think they blew out Syracuse on Big Monday, which is a national was a national spotlight yeah. game. Uh, I think there's a chance that Virginia Tech is is very playable at plus six and a half. I like him at plus five also. So I am on the Hokies, and I love being on the Hokies because when Virginia Tech wins, I send a I send a gif of the Wiggles doing the uh, you do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a shame you can't be on more in football season. Yeah, well, especially with Fuente. Is he is he is he coming back? He back. Yeah, he back. Sticking in the ACC, another similar type game with a top of the ACC team visiting a middle of the pack ACC team. Florida State four and a half point road favorites. Let me make sure I get the number correct. Florida State four and a half point road favorites at Georgia Tech. What do you think? I like I like Florida State. I, I I I don't know if this is like square, you know, to go on this to be on on Florida State side here. If we learned anything from college football, Colin, there's no square sharp. There's yeah, right, there's yeah. right and wrong. Yeah, and Josh Pastner, right? I don't think he's a great coach, man. I I don't think Georgia Tech's a great team. I think they're kind of like they 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 play hard and. They're gonna try to beat you. Like they're not gonna. They're not gonna just like chuck up shots and like hope they go in. They're gonna actually like put in some work and like try and defend and try and play an actual basketball game. But they're just not that good. I. I mean, you, you see them lose to Duke. Duke's been pretty bad for most of this year. And Florida State, under Leonard Hamilton, they've been a very good team. Like, I would be very surprised if they lost this game. I. What the numbers four four. For that, yeah. that's that's a decent amount to lay, mm-hmm. but I I still would I still go with Florida State. Like I I don't think Georgia Tech's any good, man. Okay, I disagree. Uh, <laughs> I um I think Georgia Tech's actually pretty good this year. Um, you disagree? No. Obviously. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I, so so Georgia Tech basically their last few games, right? They blew out Clemson. They led. They led Virginia at Virginia for a long time, and then they led Duke at Duke late in the game also. A couple close close calls. They have a veteran team, great guards. Jose Alvarado is one of the best point guards in the country that nobody knows about. Michael DeVoe is a shot maker. Moses Wright is a beast inside. And um, the last two years with this nucleus under Josh Pastner, Georgia Tech is 6-1 and one against the spread as a home dog. Um, they actually might be my favorite play of the day. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why. Um, I have that much confidence in Georgia Tech, but they're a senior-laden team. And Florida State, as, for as good as they are, they've been on this incredible tear shooting the ball. And yeah. I just don't know if it can, can continue. Uh, and I think that the Yellow Jackets have a really good spot to to get their marquee win. They played Florida State tight in December on the road. Um, I think it was tied at halftime, something like that. Florida State ended up pulling away late. But I think Georgia Tech can win this game outright, and I, I, I like four. I like four and a half. I like them down to three and a half. I think if you can get that possession, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, and I think the Yellow Jackets have what it takes to, to win this one. I, I think for as, as much as I don't trust Josh Pastner, I trust the veteran leadership of Georgia Tech, and I think there's something to be said for the fact that that the nucleus, their three best players, I'm pretty sure they're all seniors, and they've all been in the program for a while, so they know what it takes. And the fact that they were six and one as road dogs, as, the, as they're six and one as home dogs, I think that's, I think that's significant. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Georgia Tech. I understand what you're saying. It's just I've seen Pat Passner and Georgia Tech teams in the past. You know, like I remember Notre Dame goes in there, not a great team. They're like four point dogs because 
Georgia Tech has been playing well. And Mike Bray, who's probably on his way out now after this season, just completely outcoaches him. And you've got Leonard Williams. Like, that's a clear coaching edge, and I think it can make up for some of the Leonard advantages. Ham- Leonard Williams, the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the Giants Leonard, Leonard, Leonard Hamilton. Um, yeah, I, I just don't... I, I If there's any coach in the ACC that I want to avoid being on, it is definitely Josh Pastor. I just don't think he's a good coach. And I think I, I think he should have been fired a while ago. And I think he's kind of like his team has performed, but it, in spite of him. Clemson at Duke. Um, last check, Clemson was a six and a half point dog. Uh, yeah, I, what it, what it? So I played it last night at five and a half because I didn't think it would go any higher. It opened at three and a half, um, and then it moved. It's it's so it's actually five five and a half now, uh, which is still a play. What what? Why why is Cause Duke is Duke? So here so here's the so this is actually an interesting story. You'll probably you'll probably enjoy this. Um, my buddy Matt texts me at open. Clemson opens plus three and a half. He texts me. He's like, I love Clemson. I was like, wait, wait. Everybody loves to bet on Duke. You're going to get a better number. Um, sure enough, Clemson's now a five-point dog, five-and-a-half-point dog. I think they are just a better team than Duke. They're really good on defense. They're going to force turnovers. Duke rocks with a lot of freshmen um, handling the ball, so a lot of freshmen have high usage rates. And I think Clemson... So Brad Brownell has always coached really well against Coach K. He always has. Clemson's players, if you watch them play, these guys are tough as nails. They are gritty, and they're up for the challenge. Um, they may not be the best offensive players in the world, but, like, you look at Amir Sims, you look at Nick Honor, Alamir Dawes. Like, these are, like, tough, like, kids that really have a chip on their shoulder, and they play like it. Um, I love Clemson. I think they are incredibly live. Um I, I, so I played him at five. Um, I'd play him down to three and a half. They, I mean, they're, they're, they're a better team than Duke. I'm not sold on this Duke hype just because they, just because Duke, Duke beat Georgia Tech, like, in what was essentially a tie game for 39 minutes. Like, come on, man. It's just Duke. Duke is minus five because they're Duke. It's like Kentucky over... Bingo. Over Alabama. Yeah. Um, anything else to add on that, Kyle? Uh, no, I agree. It's, it's It doesn't make any sense. It the line should not be that big. Yeah. Um, just a couple other stats on that one to to think about. Um, Duke doesn't really guard. Uh, they may have an edge on the glass, but I don't know if that how significant that's going to end up being. Um, Duke does not defend the three-point shot well. Um, Clemson doesn't shoot it great, but they like to shoot it, and they've got guys that are streaky and can get hot. That's something to keep in mind. Um, and if they get enough open looks, I think they'll make some some of them. And I think the big edge is Clemson's going to force Duke turnovers. Duke plays a lot of freshmen. Freshmen turn like the ball always. over. Yep, Duke and freshmen turn the ball over. That's what happens. And I think that Clemson feels – I think they're going to – I don't know if they look at the lines, but I think they feel disrespected. You've got, you've got to feel disrespected at, yeah. at, a, at, a, at a line like that. Like, what has Duke done all year? They're 6-5. and five. Who they beat? Notre Dame, Georgia Boston Tech. College, Georgia Lake Forest, Georgia, and Tech Georgia Tech. Is their Tech. Best win. Like, mm-hmm. like, what have you done to be five and a half point favorite over Clemson? Like, Clemson's ten and four. It's the name on the jersey, bro. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, glad we're aligned on that one. Uh, sticking in the ACC, uh, we'll go with your Fighting Irish, Colin. Three and a half point dogs at Pittsburgh. Let me make sure that number is there. Um, 
four, four point dogs of Pittsburgh. What do you think? <sighs> like, as much as I want to be on the Irishman, like, it's just not a very good team. Like, Notre Dame is just not very good. It really, it, it's really killed my uh, my college basketball vibe recently. I, I, I used to love watching Notre Dame play. I love Mike, Mike Bray. I know he's going to, you know, they're going to part ways probably after the end of the season after this. This was kind of like the last chance here. Uh, it's sad. It's, it's sad to see the program in, in disarray like this. Like, I know basketball is never going to be the the heartbeat of Notre Dame, but it's it was like when we went to back to back elite eights. That was fun. It was it was a lot of fun. I, Notre Dame in the Big East always had a one of the best home court advantages in the country, and this team doesn't play defense. Which Mike Bright never played defense. Like that that was never the, that was never the strategy was to play defense. They were just going to outscore you. They're going to hit threes. They outscore you, and it's just like. Not smart shots. There's just it, the team is not intelligent. They're not good, and I mean Pittsburgh is on a two-game losing streak. They're coming back home. They're going to be desperate here for a win. They're on the bubble. Like they need wins like this if they're going to stay on the bubble. So yeah, like I don't know. I'd, I'd love it to be the other way, but I don't really see it. Yeah, I so I I don't have a play on it. I think it's a sharp line. Um, I don't think Pittsburgh's as good as their record. I don't think Notre Dame's as bad as their record. Um, I think the so Pitt's very good defensively. Um, the one thing Notre Dame does well, and it's fun watching them because they do this incredibly well, is they share the game and they make a lot of threes. Uh, and I think that that is good against Pittsburgh. So even though Pittsburgh defends a three point shot well, and Pittsburgh's very good defensively. Notre Dame on the flip side is going to pack it in. They've been playing this soft two-three zone. It's disgusting, but but what it does is it forces the opponent to make threes. And Pittsburgh doesn't shoot the ball well, so I think Notre Dame can hang in the game because I think they're going to force Pittsburgh to take a lot of not high uh, high quality shots. Um, I think Notre, if Notre Dame gets hot, they can absolutely stay in it. But Pittsburgh is the tougher team. I think they're a little more determined. I think they really need to win this game. So. Um, I'm off of it. No interest in playing it. I was just curious your thoughts. Um, we will skip Miami Wake Forest because who wants to Let's watch that, that game? <laughs> um, even though I think Wake will probably win the game, but I don't want to take Wake as a favorite. And we'll go to the Big Ten where we got a couple good games. Um, Wisconsin currently a three-and-a-half-point road favorite at Penn State. Let me, let me make sure I get an updated number there. Four. Wisconsin currently a four-point road favorite at Penn State. Uh, Colin, you texted me earlier in the week that you may have a lean here. Do you still have that same lean? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, okay. I, I would, I would still agree with this. Like, I like, I like Penn State here, right? I, they're five and seven. Their losses are to Seton Hall, Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, Purdue, Illinois, Ohio State, like. And Ohio State and Indiana were games that could have gone either way. Yeah, they lost though, pretty much at the horn. And I mean, Seton Hall was Seton an Hall overtime too. also. Yep. Like, there's, st- st- I, I get Jim Ferry, right? Like, new coach, hasn't really done that much there, but he was successful everywhere else. Like, he turned Duquesne around. Yep. And they're going to start to figure it out. They've got a lot of talent. And you're at home. This just feels like a game Penn State wins. I don't know if I'm crazy for that, but. What do you think? Yeah, so I don't think you're crazy at all. Um, I don't think you're crazy at all. I mean, Wisconsin, I mean, um, excuse me. Penn State is three minutes and 
four shots away from being eight and four and a legitimate NCAA tournament team. Like, I mean, if they do Seton Hall, Indiana, and Ohio State games were kind of swing games, and if they win those games, like, they're almost a fringe top 25 team. So Penn State's very good. They've got great, great guards. But I have played Wisconsin. I played it at minus three and a half, or minus two and a half, and I played up to minus three and a half. I just think that they are a better team, and I think what Penn State is going to try to do is they're going to try to speed up the tempo and force turnovers. And Wisconsin won't allow them to. Wisconsin is they they you talk about Virginia's defensive identity. Well, Wisconsin has an offensive identity. It is ingrained in them. They will not be sped up by anybody. They are going to control tempo. Tempo. They're going to have possession of the ball when they want to. They're not going to they're not going to force anything. They're going to get good looks. And Penn State's defense is predicated on forcing turnovers. If you can't force turnovers, you're not going to get stops um, because they will give up good looks, especially at the rim where they don't defend the two at all. They don't have any real rim protection. Um, and Wisconsin's got some great bigs and uh, Reavers and Potter. I think the matchup favors Wisconsin. I think that they'll be able to control the pace of the game. They won't turn the basketball over. And um, I think they'll be able to make enough shots to get a, get out with a win on the road. Plus, Penn State's been playing a ton of games recently because of, they had a COVID pause that they came back from, so they're just trying to squeeze all these games into a short time. Um, I like Wisconsin laying a small number. I don't like it at four, though. I like it at three and a half or better. So I'm on the Badgers. Uh, another Big Ten game, Minnesota at Purdue. Um, last check, Purdue was a three-and-a-half-point favorite, which is something I love. Um Three. Two and a half, three. Holy shit, man. Fucking sledgehammer that. Um, I don't... This doesn't make sense to me. So Purdue is great at Mackey. Minnesota sucks away from home. The reason why this line is so small is because Minnesota's efficiency numbers uh, are inflated because they've played... They're a different basketball team at home. So they've blown out Ohio State at home. They beat Iowa at home. They blew up Michigan at home. Uh, they beat St. Louis at home. So they're... Efficiency numbers are inflated because of how good they've been at home. They have been atrocious on the road. If you look at what they've done on the road, they've done nothing. They lost to Wisconsin. They got blown out by Illinois. Uh, they got blown out by Michigan. They haven't won an away game yet. Yeah, they're, they're not yeah, good they're... on the road. And I don't understand why the number is so small because Purdue is really good. I think Purdue can, can score inside and outside. Um, if Stefanovic is out, that will hurt Purdue, but I don't think it will hurt him that much. Um, so I, uh, I really like the Boilers. I think that coming off of a loss to Michigan, I think they've got enough shot-making on the outside. They're going to defend at a high enough level. Um, you know, I think Trayvon Williams is one of the best postmen in the country, and I just think this is a really small number, and they should be favored by closer to like four and a half, five, five and a half. Um, I don't understand why the number is so small. I think Purdue is better than Minnesota, and uh, this may be a principal play, right, Colin? Purdue yeah, yeah. favored? At home against a ranked team, what do you think? No, I, I agree. I mean, you you pretty much broke it down. I, Minnesota, great at home, not great on the road. Horrible on the road. Uh, Purdue has always been a very good team at home, and yeah, I mean, two and a half is 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 a very small number, especially in basketball. Like two and a half is very close to a pick'em in basketball because like. Oftentimes they're going to foul at the end of the game. Like we saw at Illinois with the uh, the miracle cover last night for two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> getting fouled with the second left, making those two free throws. Real big of them. Shout out Illinois. Uh, but, yeah, so like it, 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 it's nothing. 
Two and a half is nothing, so yeah, I'll, I'll be with you. Let's go, Boilermakers. Yeah, boiler up, boiler up. I also don't want Pistol Pete coming after me. <laughs> seen that guy? No. Oh, the scary-looking mascot? Yeah, that guy's yeah. a psycho. Is that what that's what they call him? Pistol Pete? Pistol... Oh, I think... No, no, no. Pistol Pete is the... Uh, is, is is the Oklahoma State guy? Yeah, Purdue Pete. Purdue Pete, yeah. yeah he's a scary looking guy. Boiler up, boiler up. Yeah. <laughs> um, into the Pac-12, uh, really only one game that I have a lot of interest in talking about. Stanford is a one and a half point dog at Arizona State, um, which is kind of crazy. Um, Stanford's a good team, and Arizona State has really struggled. Uh, Stanford is off of back-to-back wins. They've got two great wins in a row. UCLA and Arizona basically beating the top of the top of the conference back-to-back. Um, Stanford's going to continue to be without their starting backcourt. Bryce Wills, Dejon Davis, and um, and Zaire Williams have all been out for the last couple games, last few weeks. Um, so I see no reason why that'll change. However, I think that this is a great spot for Arizona State. I think that they are talented enough, and they have such an edge with their guard play, um, that I think that it'll be hard for Stanford to to take care of the basketball. Arizona State's going to push the tempo, keep things rolling at, at a fast pace, and I think that's going to be really difficult for Stanford's um, Stanford's freshman point guard, Michael O'Connell, who is really the only ball handler they have. Uh, so I think Arizona State ratchets, ratchets up the pressure, um, ratchets up the pressure, and I think that they... Uh... <laughs> yeah, why does Gerard Hayes look like this? Jared Hass? Yeah, whatever. That's what he looks like. What do you mean? He's a great coach. I know, but look at this guy. <laughs> he he kind of looks like a turtle. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so Stanford's off two big wins. I think that they are ready. Good, uh, good sell high spot? I think it's a great sell high spot, although I think the bookmakers are on to it, and that's why. Yeah, that's why Arizona State's favored. Like, I anticipated Stanford opening up as like a three-point favorite, and I would have sledgehammered Arizona State. But at one and a half, it's, like, it's still the same thing. Like, it's like, I think Arizona State wins the game. I think that the matchup favors the Sun Devils. And they need a win. They need a, a uh, they, good they win in the worst win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anything else to add, Colin? Nah. About covers it. Um, some other ones in the Pac-12. Utah is a 10-point dog at Colorado. Um, both teams in altitude, kind of a rivalry. I have nothing. I think Utah can hang in there, but Colorado can be so explosive offensively. So I'm not sure it's one that I really want to touch up. Uh, if anything, I do lean Utah plus the points. So, because I don't think the I think the altitude edge that Colorado typically has is, is going to be yeah, because Utah's used to altitude. it. Um, Oregon State has been really pesky as a dog. Uh, they lost. They did not cover against USC uh, the other day. Can they cover against UCLA? I don't know. I think UCLA is just way better. Um, but I don't want to lay that big a number with UCLA because they are just so. Because Mick Cronin. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Doesn't play, let them play. They don't. They don't. They, they, they don't play to blow teams out. They don't play. Like if they don't. They, 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 it's like so frustrating. It's like it's so rigid. You know what I mean? Like just play. Yeah, but you that's know? that's why UCLA is good. Yeah. Because they get all this coaching, and they get all this. Like you got to play in a certain style, and especially at like a place like UCLA, like like UCLA is not a not a blue collar team, you know. They're tear out in Cali, yeah. so like when Mick Cronin's like like you, Mick Cronin's coming down on you, that's a scary guy, you know. And that's that's kind of like he's turned he's t- turned UCLA around. They they've bought in. I remember I made a UCLA was was. The team I made the most money on last year in college basketball season when they turned their season around. Yep. Because they just started. They just started rolling. Yep. Um, 
they're good defensively. They've got a lot of options on offense, but I, if Mick Cronin ever just let them just go play basketball, I think that they would be even better. And you know, I have a future on UCLA to win it all. I think that they have enough talent, and I think Mick Cronin's a hell of a coach. I'm going to be interested to see how they do in the tournament because that's his big knock, right? Yeah. Cincinnati, they never never did anything in the tournament, and now you kind of see was he limited at Cincinnati because they couldn't get the recruits to go to Cincinnati, and now he's got the recruits at UCLA, or was it Mick Cronin style that just doesn't lend well to a one-and-done tournament? We uh, we'll see we'll see this year. Hopefully uh, hopefully they actually make a run. Yeah, <laughs> for, I'm, for, for I'm, I'm rooting for them. Um, and they still are actually at good value if you're interested. They're you know 50 to one, which I think is a good number on them. Um, couple other games. We'll revisit the SEC. Ole Miss minus three and a half at Georgia. Uh, I like Ole Miss. I'd play them at minus three and a half. Um, I think on paper it looks like two bottom of the SEC teams. Ole Miss is good. I know it sounds a little weird, but Ole Miss is a good basketball team. they got good players. Um, they're well coached. They defend like crazy. They're going to force Georgia to take a lot of threes, and they're going to force a lot of Georgia turnovers. Georgia's not a good three-point shooting team, and they are incredibly susceptible to turning the ball over. And I think Ole Miss will control the paint with um, Romello, Romello White and um, uh, Sadim Key, Sadim Kai, whatever his name is. Um, Kadeem Sai, sorry. Kadeem Sai. Um, hey, yeah. Yeah, I, I got it there. Uh, I think, I just think there's a, an athleticism and a size advantage with Ole Miss. I think they've got the best player on the floor, also in Devontae Shuler, who's just a shock reader at guard. I think there's a reason why Ole Miss is minus three and a half at Georgia. I think you could see that game and be like, oh, why, why is Georgia plus three and a half? Why are they? I mean, they have similar records in the SEC, blah, blah, blah. Like, Georgia should be favored or, you know. Seems like an obvious money line pick. I just think Ole Miss is better. I think they're going to defend at a high level. They're well coached. They got good players. They're athletic, big, strong, physical. It's a team I was high on coming into the season. So it wouldn't surprise me if they if they run Georgia out of the gym. Anything? Oh, no shit about that game. <laughs> okay. Uh, South Carolina minus four at Vanderbilt. Um, I'm waiting. I'm hoping it gets down to like minus three and a half. It's an eight thirty game, so there's plenty of time to wait on that one. Uh, similar. Vanderbilt's terrible, and South Carolina is a team that I think has a really high ceiling. They've got great athletes. They're big, strong, physical. Frank Martin's a very good coach. I think he just, I think he's figured out how to rock with this team. They've been struggling recently because um, they've been playing this high-tempo pressure D that just doesn't fit their style. Um, he changed that this week when they played Georgia. They played more pack line D and befuddled Georgia and South Carolina blew him out. South Carolina has great athletes. They've got a great player in A.J. Lawson, and um, I think that South Carolina wins this game going away also. So I like a couple road favorites there in the SEC in Ole Miss and South Carolina. I think that'll do it. Anything else? Uh, San Francisco BYU. San Francisco BYU. The major pick. Um, is that game actually playing? I didn't see a line. It's showing up Pacific BYU. Yeah, I didn't see a line on think, it. Yeah. That's, why, that's yeah. why I didn't mention it. Um, so that's hey, it. Utah State picked the other day. That was, uh, that was a great spot for them. Yeah. yeah. So it was Boise last night. It's the zigzag theory in the um, in the in the in the um, Mountain West, Mountain West, and Conference USA. Um, what are they going from? So if so, basically the way it works is if you, it only applies to two teams that are both good or both bad. Um, and it can't be one or the other. Yeah, because like, like you can't really apply the zigzag theory to San Diego State at like Air Force. So if they 
if they're 17 and a half point favorites and they win by 30, and then they're 17 and a half point favorites again, like they can go out and win by 30 again because they're such a talent mismatch. But when you've got two teams that are both good basketball teams, um, so like uh, for example, a couple nights ago, Colorado State was a three and a half point dog against Boise, and they won outright. They won by 20. Boise's a very good basketball team. So is Colorado State. Boise's a very good basketball team. That's the zig. And then the Zags in the Boise next State game. comes down as a pick'em. They're a pick'em against Colorado State in the next game. Nothing's changed. No, there's no injury. They're the same basketball team, and they were just three and a half point favorites. And now they're even more motivated to go get the win because they don't want to get yeah. swept. There's your zag, and Boise wins outright on the road to Colorado State last night. So that's the that's been the with with COVID in place and the the back to backs that they've been playing. There's a, a zigzag theory. So take for that what you what you would. All right, should we recap, Colin? Do you know exactly what you're on? I can tell you what I'm on. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, I'll go through what I'm go on. Go for it. Let me, so, let me make note of them so we can we can put. I'm up. pretty much on this. I think we should do a. Uh, we'll just have a, a group, a All group right. pick. Pod plays. That's yeah. Cool. All right. So I'm on Alabama with you. Okay. I'm on Tech with you. Alabama minus one. Texas Tech minus three and a half. I am on Kansas. And Kansas plus two and a half. Okay. I'm staying away from Florida West Virginia, which I believe Sorry. you are as well. Uh, for the pod, yes. Yes. Uh, I'm on Arkansas. Arkansas plus two and a half. Uh, yeah. Okay. I am not on Iowa State, Mississippi State. I'm on A&M. Okay. I am not on TCU, Missouri. Okay. I am not on Auburn, Baylor. Okay. I'm not on Ole Miss. Actually, no, I am. You convinced me. You, you convinced me with that pick. Uh, Ole Miss minus three and a half. Whatever. Yeah. Just, I, it's a play for me, so we'll add it as, we'll yeah. Add it as a play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's more of a blind tail than anything. But uh, we're on. I'm not on South Carolina Vanderbilt. All right. Uh, I I am not either. I'm giving it out. Okay. Uh, I love Seton Hall. Okay. Seton Hall. We both five do. And a half. I think we both like Providence a lot. Providence minus three and a half. Don't give a damn about Creighton DePaul. Yep. Uh, I'm off of the Virginia Virginia Tech game. I'm putting this as a blind. You're taking Tech. I have Virginia Tech plus five and a half. Okay. Uh, Florida State. I am on split, Florida State. On yeah, I'm on Florida State. So should, we cancel, should we should we cancel it then? Because if it's one, if it's if we're just doing group plays, should we just not include it? Because yeah, uh, yeah, I guess. Because right, right. like if one of us wins and then the other loses, it'll cancel out. If we're yeah, just if we're just yeah, doing a yeah, group yeah, group yeah. Right, that, um, we're both all over Clemson. Clemson plus five and a half. I've got nothing under name Pitt. Yep. Um, we didn't even talk about Miami Wake. We are split on Wisconsin, Penn State, Wisconsin. Penn State, Wisconsin. Cancel it. Uh, I'll say I'll just add a column for split plays. Okay. Um, so that's Wisconsin minus three and a half, and Georgia Tech plus five. Is that what is that what it is? Let me look. Or four and a half plus four and a half. Justin. Okay, and you have Penn State plus three and a half, and Florida State. They're four and a half. Yep, Georgia plus four and a half, right? No, no, Penn State is four and a half now. Okay, Wisconsin minus four and a half. Penn State, oof, I don't know if I love it at four and a half, actually. <laughs> well, did you play already? I played it at two and a half, and I would play it up to three and a half. Well, uh, you can put your two and a half play. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if if they're not going to get it at two and a half, I yeah, 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 yeah I guess that's true. That's true. That was the that was the that was the big that was the big problem. You know, we <laughs> yeah. come on here bragging about our lines, you know, to tell the public like, yeah, too bad you fucking missed out on that, huh? <laughs> Too bad uh, you're not as smart as me. <laughs> yeah, too bad you waited. <laughs> All 
All right. And then, and then we're then we're sitting here crying about a lot that moved against us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Keep keep it rolling. What else we got? Um. After Florida State. I am not on the Stanford Arizona State game. You're on Arizona State. Arizona State minus one. I'm not on Utah Colorado. Nope. No, no UCLA Oregon State. Nope. And that's uh, that'll do it. That's it. Um, I think so. Did I miss something? Let me see. So we are on one, two. So oh, did I say Clemson, Duke? Yep. Yeah. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I'm gonna see if I can match up. With Actually, oh, Kansas, 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 Kansas. Oh, okay, Kansas. Oh, we have that. Sorry, sorry. That's okay. um, what was I gonna say? Did I say Arkansas? Uh, yep. Um, also, take me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna place. Uh, I'm not gonna place Florida State. So you don't I, want it. Well, I'm not like. I'm, I'm telling you the ones I bet. Okay. Like so, I'm not. I'm not gonna be on Florida State. So I. I don't know. If, like I. I'm definitely on Penn State. All right. And then I'm. Did Did you place the Virginia Virginia Tech, or we can just keep it in the split? Uh. I placed it. So what do we have for splits right now? Wisconsin. Um. Are you definitely? Do you want? I don't have Virginia Virginia Tech as a split. I've got Wisconsin Penn State split and Georgia Tech Florida State split. Okay. So the only one of those games I bet is Penn State. But we can keep it as split to say it's like disagreements. That's fine. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, Purdue. We didn't add that one. Purdue, yeah. We're both on Purdue. Purdue minus two and a half. Right? Um, I think that's I think that's everything. That, yeah. That would be 15 of these. And there's Florida and South Carolina. So, yeah, that's perfect. All right. Uh, quick recap. As a pod, we are in Alabama minus one. Texas Tech minus three and a half. Kansas plus two and a half. Arkansas plus two and a half. Texas A&M minus one. Ole Miss minus three and a half. Seton Hall plus five and a half. Providence minus three and a half. Virginia Tech plus five and a half. Should I move that to a split? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw, 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 throw that in the split. We'll just have three. We'll have three splits. Okay. Fucking A. <laughs> all right. 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 Uh, Virginia minus five. Virginia Tech plus five. Okay. Um. Okay, recap. Here we go. As a pod, our consensus plays Alabama minus one, Texas Tech minus three and a half, Kansas plus two and a half, Arkansas plus two and a half, Texas A&M minus one, Ole Miss minus three and a half, Seton Hall plus five and a half, Providence minus three and a half, Clemson plus five and a half, Arizona State minus one and a half, Purdue minus two and a half. And our split plays, we've got Virginia, I've got Virginia Tech plus five, Wisconsin minus four and a half, Georgia Tech plus four and a half, and Colin has... Virginia minus five, Penn State plus four and a half, and Florida State minus four and a half. All right, good job today, huh? Yeah, better than I think, better than expected. We did it in just over an hour. I like that. Um, and we are going to continue to do this every Friday night. Basically, we're going to try to do it every Friday evening, um, unless Colin wants to go get all boozied after work every. Oh night. my god. <laughs> You could, you could. It was, I was, it was, just, I was, it was at like seven fifteen. It was just a tough. It was tough time. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, most most times at seven seven thirty won't be an issue. Uh, just this week was. Um, all right, and then we'll we'll be giving our plays for every Saturday, and that's just what we're going to be doing. Uh, that's how we're going to keep our vocal cords fresh and our picks. Hopefully, we do well in college basketball. We can gain more of a following. Um, but that's that's it. That's a wrap for the hook and ladder. First college basketball Super Saturday episode. Anything you want to you want to add, Kyle? It's good to be back. It is. It's good to be back. All right. We'll talk to you next week. See ya.